Welcome to episode 13 of the Wolf Sports Show. I hope everyone had a nice Thanksgiving. The first two games on Thanksgiving were pretty entertaining. The Lions and Bears was two teams low in the standings, but it was a close game. And Detroit had a shot to pull it out. And the second game, the Raiders pulled off the upset against the Cowboys. That was really entertaining when they were time. And then the night game, the Saints were banged up. The Bills got back on track. Josh Allen threw four touchdowns. And as we hit December now, December 2nd, last month was one of the craziest months in NFL history. It's been a crazy season with the parity. 26 of 32 teams are within one game of a playoff spot entering the final full month of the regular season. So the final six weeks should be pretty crazy, with especially with the three wildcard spots up for grabs in each conference. Again, we're going to get to all 32 teams as usual. I think all the formats we did work, whether it's going through the power rankings last week or whatever, but this week we'll go back to looking ahead to the week 13 matchups. But first, we'll start with the four teams on a bye. The Packers, Browns, Titans, and Panthers. The Packers defended home field, beat the Rams last week. The defense stepped up. Russell Douglas had an outstanding game. He won NFC Defensive Player of the Week. He had a pick six in the win. Aaron Rodgers was on the money despite dealing with the toe issue. You could see he's hobbling around, but he still extremely accurate with the ball. Gets everyone involved on the money to Devontae Adams throughout the day. A.J. Dillon had another strong game while Aaron Jones was at less than 100% returning from his MCL spring after missing just one game. And now Green Bay has the bye. So Rodgers will hopefully his fractured toe will get in a little better shape when they return. And overall, they should get healthier. Aaron Jones should be healthier. Jair Alexander could be returning at some point from a shoulder issue. So Green Bay is in good shape. And they're at the number two spot in my latest NFL power rankings on wolfsports.com. You can find them. Let's stick in that NFC with the Panthers also on a bye. Cam Newton was not good last week as a passer against the Dolphins. I believe it was 5 of 21 for under 100 yards. Miami is a tough defense. The corners are among the best in the league. They were getting pressure. But remember, Newton never played in this offense, never played in Joe Brady's offense, so it's not shocking that a game like this could happen. And maybe they can expand things a little bit and Newton can feel more comfortable with the extra time off with the bye week. But now Carolina is without Christian McCaffrey for the rest of the year due to his ankle injury. It's been a very difficult two years for McCaffrey, who's basically had both years wiped out. He's one of the game's best players. Had a 1,000-1,000 yard season, 1,000 rushing and receiving, which had only been done a couple of times for him. He trains like he's one of the hardest workers in the league. It's just been bad luck, and hopefully he can return in 2022 and stay healthy and stay that way long term. He's a key piece for the Panthers and a fun player to watch. And again, a hard worker, so it's out of his control that he's getting injured like this. It's just 
but the Panthers are at five and seven. And again, 26 teams are still within one game of playoff spot. That includes them. Now moving to the AFC, the Browns, they just couldn't run the ball last week against the Ravens. Although they didn't try much. They didn't try enough. I don't think it was not a pretty game. The Sunday nighter against Baltimore for either side. The Browns defense played well, but the offense couldn't get much going with the run game not working and being utilized much. And Cleveland lost right tackle Jack Conklin to a knee injury after he had returned the lineup. So that's a tough blow for them. But they're at 6-5. and five. They remain in the mix, both for a wildcard spot and in the AFC North. And then finally, the Titans. I think everything caught up to them a little bit last week in their loss to the Patriots. Not having Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and then A.J. Brown went on injured reserve last week late. And Brown will miss at least the next two games, two while on IR. The good news is they were able to run the ball with Dontrell Hilliard and Deontay Foreman. They each had strong games. They each fumbled, but they each had strong games overall aside from the fumbles and the loss to the Patriots. And Tennessee should take the bye to recharge a bit ahead of the stretch run. I think the bye comes at a good time for them. And now to the Week 13 schedule. It starts tonight with the Cowboys going to New Orleans. Again, two teams that played on Thanksgiving last week. They play on the Thursday night or the week after Thanksgiving. And it's typically a good game. Both teams equally rested in seven days of rest following the Thanksgiving games. The Cowboys won't have Mike McCarthy because of a positive COVID-19 test. COVID's been hitting a lot of people around the league, unfortunately. And it's impacted things, not having players, coaches. And it's really unfortunate that this entire thing happened. But Ezekiel is banged up, but there was some talk. He might be rested for a game or two, a report. That's clearly not the case, at least not yet. Jerry Jones says they intend to ride him tonight against the Saints. And Zeke doesn't, he's not the type of guy that's going to want to rest. He's going to want to be out there. So we'll see if he, either way, the Cowboys are going to want to run the ball more than they have, even though they'll get Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb back in the lineup tonight. And the Dallas defense, they just need to step up after giving up points to the Raiders in the loss on Thanksgiving. On the other side, the Saints are even more banged up than the Cowboys. They were hoping to get Alvin Kamara back maybe, but he's going to be out again with his knee injury. Mark Ingram should be back, but Kamara will miss another game, and the hope is probably that he'll now get 10 days before week 14 and we'll be ready to return then. And now the Saints are going with Taysom Hill at quarterback. It's a move I've been expecting. Once you go back to full health, Trevor Simeon's been fine. But again, the same thing happened last week of, as I've been touching on. They've just started slow. And Hill might be able to give them a faster start and maybe a jolt overall for the team, including the defense, which has struggled a bit. They've also dealt with injuries. So we'll see what happens tonight. I believe the Cowboys are 8-3. and three. Against the spread this season, they're five-point favorites. But Hill could be an X-factor as the Saints look to get back on track. Moving to Sunday, we'll start with the Bucks 
going to Atlanta to face the Falcons. The hope has been that Antonio Brown will be back from his ankle injury by now, much sooner than this. The timeline keeps getting pushed back. It sounds like a mysterious type of injury that they might not even be really sure about. He's not expected to miss. He's going to miss this week, most likely, and then also probably next week, too, the talk is now, even though it's been reported he'd be back by now. At least in the comeback win over the Colts last week, Rob Gronkowski, he's clicking again with Tom Brady. Gronkowski looks like a force. It was funny. The NFL tweeted it was a vintage performance by him, and Gronk responded. He said, ooh, I'm, I'm vintage now. And he really does. He looks like the old Gronk almost. Just making chunk gains down the field and middle of the field. Good after the catch. And look for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to get more involved last week after they were not a huge part of the game plan. Leonard Fournette scored four touchdowns. Gronk had a huge game. Ronald Jones ran one in. But Evans and Godwin might get going against the Falcons this week. Atlanta is obviously in a much better spot with Cordero Patterson in the lineup. As he showed last week, he had a season high in carries with 16 against the Jaguars. Patterson did well in the first matchup against the Bucks. And we'll see how Tampa Bay plays him this time. He did more of his damage as a receiver in the first matchup. Shaquille Barrett had the huge strip sack and recovery of Carson Wentz last week and the win over the Colts that got the Bucks going overall as a team and led to the comeback win. And the Tampa Bay defense, they have an opportunity to have a dominant type of performance on Sunday. The Cardinals are coming off their bye and will face the Bears in Chicago. Kyler Murray will be back from his ankle injury, barring some unexpected setback. And DeAndre Hopkins is expected to be back from his hamstring issue. So that'll be big to get at least Murray back and likely both Murray and Hopkins. There's been rumors, who knows if it's agent-driven or whatever, to for leverage with the Cardinals, but there's like, Rumors of Oklahoma being interested in Cliff Kingsbury. We had the crazy coaching carousel in college where Lincoln Riley out of nowhere went to USC. Brian Kelly's going to LSU. Kingsbury's obviously familiar with the Big 12, even though Oklahoma will be in the SEC soon. He might have liked it. He might have liked college better. Who knows? But I just don't see it. He's leading a 9-2 and two Cardinals team. I don't know why you would consider going back to college, and he might not be. It might just be for leverage and contract negotiations. He's got one year left on his deal after this year with Arizona. But the Cardinals face a Bears team that's set to stick with Andy Dalton, at least for now, with Justin Fields banged up with the ribs and Dalton leading the Bears to a close win over the Lions on Thanksgiving. Second-year receiver Darnell Mooney has come on in a big way as of late with over 120 yards in each of his past two games. Although Arizona's secondary and defense overall have been surprising this season, especially the secondary. And we'll see if they bracket and double and do what they can to limit Mooney and make it more difficult on Chicago's offense. And I mentioned the report last week about Matt Nagy. It was reported that he was going to coach the last game on Thanksgiving. It was some from some company or whatever trying to get clicks, clearly. It was fake news, and it's unfortunate. I'm sure they got tons of clicks, maybe millions of clicks on that report. 
there's no repercussions. I mean, they got their clicks, they got their ad revenue probably. It's really unfortunate that's the state of the media today for the most part. And they just get away with it. It's no punishment or anything can happen. The Chargers face the Bengals in a matchup of two of the best young quarterbacks in the league, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, both in last year's draft class. The consistency simply hasn't been there for the Chargers. The upside remains immense, but they've struggled on offense. The defense has not been great all year, but the offense has shown major flashes. And they've been, Herbert and the offensive raw have been somewhat streaky. There have been times where they've been just off. Meanwhile, the Bengals think they have taken the mantle in the AFC North from the Steelers. But they must move past that and remain focused on a talented team this Sunday. And it's a crowded division, the AFC North. So it's strange talk to me, but it's some of the talk that's been happening. Although Cincinnati has had a good mindset all season. So hopefully they don't have a letdown after the big win over the Steelers last week. Now a couple of divisional matchups. The Vikings face the Lions. The Vikings had an opportunity to take hold of one of those wildcard spots in the NFC, but the Niners handled them last week. Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer was not happy about his defenders being held in the loss to San Francisco. And Niners tight end George Kittle responded by basically saying that his players should just play better. I tend to agree that holding calls can be pretty frustrating. The way they're called, officials could probably call it nearly every play if they wanted to. It's almost arbitrary, I guess, on when it's called, when it's not called. And they make a huge difference. If you've been watching the Manning cast on ESPN, you know they hate holding penalties. The Mannings, Peyton and Eli, because it just kills drives that's 10 yards back. And you stack up a couple of holding calls in a drive that gets pretty ugly. So refs, naturally, they don't want to call holding every play, even though they could call it more often than they do or less often. It's, again, kind of arbitrary almost. So Minnesota is looking to get back on track with the win over the Lions. Detroit had a good shot to get their first win last week. Now they'll be without DeAndre Swift for some time due to a shoulder injury. And on the other side of this one, Dalvin Cook is also missing time with a shoulder injury. Look for the Lions to try to run the ball with Jamal Williams and the young running backs behind him to keep this close again and see if they could pull out a win. Moving to the AFC, the Colts face the Texans. The Colts were in control versus the Bucks last week, but just couldn't hold on against the defending champs. If you've been watching the in-season hard knocks on HBO, you probably feel good about Indy as I do. As Jonathan Taylor was telling a Buccaneers coach, they didn't, I don't think they marked who it was. And I couldn't tell. But Taylor was telling him that there are no egos on the Colts. It's like college where they're not like superstars that are like divas or whatever. I think Taylor used that term. He said no divas. From watching Hard Knocks, I definitely get that sense. Their stars such as Taylor, Darius Leonard, Kenny Moore was featured last night. DeForest Buckner. Quentin Nelson, they're not, like, they don't appear to be selfish guys at all. Which is a, definitely a positive if you're trying to build something and win a championship. Also on Hard Knocks, all-pro guard Quentin Nelson told Frank Reich they want to run the ball with Taylor late in the game against the Bucks. 
and it paid off with the game time drive late. So that was interesting to see. And that's that's the identity of the Colts. That's why Nelson went and told Reich that they want to run the ball with Taylor. Nelson told him Taylor was hungry and he was great in that final drive and or the second to last drive because then the Bucks got the ball and took the lead back. But the Colts will hopefully go with a run-heavy approach with Taylor against the Texans this week. And for the Texans, they were unable to build on their win over the Titans from Week 11, losing to the Jets last week. Houston lost by 28 in the first game against Indianapolis, so they won't want that to happen again. And they'll have Tyra Taylor in the lineup this time after it was Davis Mills in the first matchup. The Giants will go to Miami. New York played strong defense last week, forcing four turnovers in their win over Philadelphia. I thought the Giants did have a ton of upside on defense entering the season. It hasn't shown up much, so we'll see if they can show that more down the stretch. But now Daniel Jones might miss time with the next train, which is unfortunate. The offense has dealt with so many injuries over the past three years. The Dolphins have been one of the hottest teams in the league. I said the schedule was laid out nicely on paper. Step one was completed. I'd argue the most difficult step. They dominated, but the Panthers, they beat them to get to five and seven. The Miami defense is on fire over the past four games. They lead the league in sacks. Teams have had buys in that stretch, so maybe another team would be ahead, but still they lead the league in sacks the past four games. And if it allowed under 12 points a game in that span. And again, Tua hasn't gotten much respect, but he's playing well this season. And I think he's showing he can be the Dolphins' long-term quarterback. He and Jalen Waddle had a really good connection last week in the win over the Panthers. The final 1 o'clock game, the Eagles face the Jets. It'll be Philadelphia's second straight game in the MetLife Stadium. Jalen Hurts probably had the worst game of his career last week in the loss to the Giants. But again, keep in mind that he can almost be considered a rookie with fewer than 16 starts under his belt and limited offseason last year due to COVID. I think he'll bounce back. But Philly needs to establish the run to make things easier on him. They've been at their best when they've been running the ball. Getting Jordan Howard back again, that would be big. Is he he just turns forward for positive yardage, gets them in favorable second and third down situations. Miles Sanders is banged up again with the ankle. He might be able to push through and play, but especially if he's out, they could use Howard back. But they have to buy next week. Howard's probably going to be held out. They'll look to get past the Jets without him, most likely. For the Jets, Zach Wilson was able to get a win in his return to the lineup after missing five games with a knee injury. He wasn't outstanding against the Texans in the win, but he'll look to take the momentum from the victory and play better himself this Sunday. Now to the late games in the 4 o'clock window. Washington at Vegas. You could see Washington getting more confident by the week, and that probably includes quarterback Taylor Heineke most of all. Heineke had some downs earlier this season, but as I've touched on, I thought he could have been the day one starter for Washington. Entering this year, he might be playing himself into that role for 2022. I pretty much counted out the Raiders last week, but they played well offensively to upset the Cowboys in overtime on Thanksgiving and get to 6-5. and five. Kicker Daniel Carlson was clutch with five field goals, including the game winner in overtime. 
and this should be a really good one on Sunday. Washington at Vegas might not be that exciting. You're just looking at it, but it should be a close game. Then we have the Jaguars and the Rams. The Jags are the biggest underdogs of the week at 12.5 points. However, the Rams are 4-7 and seven against the spread this season. Look for Jacksonville to try to make this a gritty type of game. Anything can happen in a given week, especially in today's league. But the Rams' performance last week against the Packers at Lambeau was, was predictable to me. I'm not sure they have the makeup to go in a place like Lambeau and win at this point. The defense has not been as dominant, not even close to last year. Matthew Stafford has now thrown a pick six in three consecutive games. I still think the Rams need to run the ball more to get back on track. The Ravens take on the Steelers. Baltimore was able to get that ugly win last Sunday night, despite Lamar Jackson throwing four interceptions. And they could put a ton of distance between themselves and their biggest rivals this week. But Pittsburgh is coming off a loss they called embarrassing to the Bengals. 41-10, and keep in mind that the Steelers won both matchups with the Ravens last season, and they have historically done a good job of containing Lamar Jackson. It should be a tight game that goes to the wire, I would think. The final 4 o'clock window game, the Niners are facing the Seahawks. The Niners are rolling right now. It helps being able to run behind that offensive line, but six-round rookie Elijah Mitchell has been one of the best backs in the league this season. He's fourth in the league in rushing yards per game. San Francisco will be without Debo Samuel for at least this week due to a groin issue. And he's been, Samuel's been electric this year for the Niners. But they have the pieces to step up during his absence. George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Jeff Wilson maybe could be more involved behind Mitchell at running back. And their formula might not be good for the Seahawks. The Seahawks have had an average time of possession this season of minus 11 minutes, which might be fine in some cases, but it's not going to cut it when the offense can't really do much to begin with. Then you're, it just shows they're not possessing the ball, not because they're running a, an attack that scores points quickly or anything. It's They can't do much on offense. I think the defense is playing well, but they've been on the field a lot, thanks in part to the offense not doing much at all. Perhaps this is hindsight being 2020, but it's looking like it made no sense to get rid of offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer with the way the offense and DK Metcalf in particular, who had just one catch on Monday night, played last season. It was a strange move, and the offense almost feels broken right now. Seattle did nearly come back against Washington on Monday night. They were a two-point conversion away from tying it and maybe taking that momentum and winning in overtime. So it hasn't, I mean, not really check or watch shows or anything, but I'm not sure if it's been recognized much. It was mentioned during the broadcast on Monday Night Football on ESPN, but the Seahawks should have some serious beef with the call at the end of the first half. A phantom holding call was clearly not defensive holding. Kept the drive going and allowed Washington to score a touchdown. And a big call like that, it clearly there's no debate. It wasn't holding. That can change a game, and that's tough for the Seahawks, who are now they almost need to win out to have 
maybe one more loss to have any shot at making the postseason. The night game, I don't understand why this was flexed a Sunday night, aside from the draw of Mahomes and the Chiefs, but Denver at Kansas City. The Broncos did surprise with the convincing win over the Chargers last week, but they faced a Chiefs team that is coming off the bye. Andy Reid is 19-3 and in his career during the regular season after bye weeks. A 9.5 spread in favor of Kansas City. So yeah, I'm surprised this was flexed into Sunday night, but hopefully it is a close game, closer than the odds makers think it will be. Then thankfully to end the week, maybe the best Monday night football game of the year, at least so far, the Patriots face the Bills in Buffalo. The Pats have played as well as anyone as of late, but the Bills had a strong night on Thanksgiving, routing the Saints. Bill Belichick talked up the improvement Josh Allen has made, calling it remarkable how good he's become. There was some talk that surprised me that Belichick wasn't that impressed by Allen as of last year, but he obviously is now. Allen let them up in the final matchup last season. Unfortunately, cornerback Davis White, who I think might be the best corner in the league, is out for the year with a torn ACL, and that's a very difficult loss for the Bills. It will be interesting to see how New England attacks Buffalo this week, the Buffalo defense, as they might try to run on them like the Titans and Colts were able to do this season. And we'll see how Mac Jones fares against the stingy Buffalo defense. And on the other side of it, the Patriots have probably been the best defense this season, I think. So we'll see how they combat Allen and how the Bills attack them. Overall, should be the game of the week by far, as Sunday doesn't look that great on paper, to be honest. Though it is the NFL, so even the games that might not seem exciting should turn out to be good and entertaining okay so no lock of the week this week but you can get all five picks along with a bunch of other content on wolfsports.com keep in mind that sports betters are coming off one of their worst months in history and remember we do this for entertainment purposes the betting picks and stuff we don't condone carelessly blowing your money on sports betting and gambling and stuff but still you can get or five against the spread picks on wolfsports.com by signing up. Now to the mail. If you have any comments or questions, send them in to davidchapine at wolfsports.com. Include your name and location if you'd like. For Brandon, any thoughts on who the next team owners might be if the NFL expands? Thanks for the question. That's a tough one. I've mentioned before, I think it was a couple of weeks ago in that show where I talked about the report of potential expansion to 40 teams that Jeff Bezos, the NFL, would want him as an owner. Jerry Jones, I think, has led that charge in wanting Bezos as an owner, but he could be one. I would think prominent people like that are a plus for the NFL and not just Wealthy people, also well-known people, to help draw interest really to an expansion team. From Ron in Missouri, the Cowboys are a fluke team. They had a good start to the season, but they will not win in January. Well, thanks for your comment. Well, thanks for your comment, Ron. Yeah, I think they, I'm not that low on them. I think they can 
win in the playoffs. If they get right running the ball, they can run it well. They have the personnel to run it well. So that would help. The defense with Trayvon Diggs and Michael Parsons, led by them, they can make plays to change games. And Dak Prescott, I'm confident in him at quarterback. So I'd have to disagree there, but thanks for the comment. And that was from Ron from Missouri. If you have, again, any of your own comments you'd like to share like that, or questions or whatever, thoughts on the show, send them in to davidchapine at wolfsports.com. I think we get pretty deep in hitting all 32 teams, but if you'd like any more depth going into matchups or anything, you can you can just tell me. We want to look out for the listeners and fans and give you what you want. We don't want to just put out hot takes or whatever to drive engagement or anything like that. So we'll leave it there. Episode 13 of the Wolf Sports Show. We have week 13 starting tonight. It maybe ends. The week maybe ends with the best Monday night football game of the year. It might be snowing in Buffalo, which would be nice. That would be cool. should be cold regardless. So enjoy that game and enjoy all the games. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back.